Hey, what up, Mike? I'm here. Great. Thanks. Well, I just wanted to start out and say thanks a lot for, for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Ah, oh, man, for sure, bro. No worries. Okay, so uh, before we get started, if you don't mind, I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of background on the uh, the Instagram account that I created and kind of why I created it and how I use it to try and interact with other, other basketball fans and former NBA players. Cool. So probably towards the end of last year, I just, well, first of all, I'm a big basketball fan, huge, my over 20 years now. And I just find NBA Twitter and NBA Instagram to be just like two fun places to spend on the internet as a basketball fan because you get to see just like instant reactions from players and instant analysis and instant interaction. And to me, it's just a lot of fun. And so I started to think about something that I could do. And I'm born and raised in Dallas. I'm a huge Mavs fan. And I just kind of wanted to create an account posting either some lesser known former Mavericks or guys that spent, you know, only a short portion of the career in Dallas and to post pictures of them. Um, maybe sometimes try to find like a funny caption or something and then uh-huh. hopefully interact with some players like I have been with you over the past few months. And I mean, to me, it's always fun. I remember driving home from work one night and I was at a stoplight and I checked my Instagram account and I had like, 10 notifications, all likes from you. And I just, I thought that was so awesome. And that's part of the reason that I I, I got excited about this and how this kind of evolved into a podcast. So thanks for helping me out with it. No doubt, man. I'm happy I was able to inspire you, bro. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd kind of just like to delve into your basketball career. Cool. All right. So I know you grew up in Detroit just growing up, I guess, as a young player, as a high school player, at that time, was the NBA a, a goal for you or did, did, did it evolve or did it come about later in life? Yeah, I think um, the moment I actually took interest in basketball, man, the NBA was always the goal. You know what I'm saying? Even when I was like, a, I started playing basketball when I was like seven, eight years old. So even at that point, I mean, even if it was around the neighborhood and certain things, but it was always the NBA. You know what I'm saying? We always understood college being right. one of those things we needed to uh used as a platform to make it to the NBA at that time. But yeah, definitely NBA was always the goal. Yeah, that's great. So when when you were focused on looking for colleges, was Michigan State kind of your priority or were you maybe a Fab Five fan growing up in the Detroit area? Yeah, I think everybody who grew up in that area at that time was on were definitely huge Five Five fans. You know, Michigan State, you know, that was one of those teams. They were pretty good. They had some good players. You know, we Absolutely. I think around that time, maybe yeah, like um, you know, the Sean Rushfords and Eric Snow and those guys. But yeah, I think Michigan was definitely uh, a, a fan favorite for, for guys coming out of Detroit. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. So, what ultimately led to you choosing Michigan State over Michigan? Quite frankly, man, at the time, you know, if, I know if you don't, I don't know if you remember or not, but um, Michigan, they weren't able to go to the tournament for three or four years. But that's pretty much out of the question for me. You know, I was like, man, Actually. why would I want to go to a school that couldn't go to the tournament? And, right. You know, if you followed anything about my, you know, my my college career, you know, that tournament is pretty much where I, where I shine the most. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was getting, I was going to get to that uh, while researching for this for this interview. I was looking at some of your Michigan State highlights, and I came across that that Gonzaga game uh, or Gonzaga game when you hit a three at the buzzer to send it into overtime. Was that probably one of your, uh, you know, non March Madness best moments as a Spartan? Oh yeah, man, that was fun. Man. I had a really good time over uh, over in Maui, man. I feel like that. 
there was something about my old Maui, man, that was magical, bro. So, yeah, that was a good time for me. I feel like that was definitely that was definitely my, you know, my best college game for sure. Yeah, no, I was watching that, and I mean, just that shot, and I don't know. It, it, I love watching buzzer beaters, so that's always a fun thing to look at. So I know in 2005, you went all the way to the Final Four. Can you touch on that experience and just what it's like playing on that stage? Man, that was a great year because, you know, we you know, we started off highly ranked, and uh, we, we fell short to a lot of teams earlier in that season. And uh, one of the teams we fell short to was Duke. So, right. you know, to actually go to the tournament and, and uh, you know, I mean, surpass Duke and Kentucky the same weekend, man, that was, that was unheard of. Even to this day, that's pretty – that's, you know, no one has ever done that, you know what I mean, to be two number one season in one weekend, as far yeah. as I know. Right. And, uh, and I was pretty tight, you know what I'm saying, even to lead us, you know, lead us in scoring the tournament that year. Um, I think to this day, I still, I'm still Tom Izzo's leading scorer in the tournament. Wow. So I just, that's really yeah. impressive. I mean, considering all the guys that have played there, that's that's kind of a really cool thing to, to kind of own for yourself. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure, man. I think I saw a YouTube highlight, and I don't know if it was in the tournament or not, but I know you were playing against Duke, and I know you dunked over J.J. Redick, so that was kind of cool to watch, too. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, you know, punched on J.J. You know, that happened. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's awesome. Best. Yeah. Yeah, really that cool. Was cool. So then I know uh, your Michigan State career ended in 2006, and as you were heading um, into the draft, I know you were the ended up being the 28th pick by Dallas, did you think you were going to go maybe more mid first round or did you end up kind of right around where you thought you would be? Uh, you know what? I thought I was going to at least go a uh, late, late lottery to mid first okay. round. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of a, a tough night for me at first, you know, but I'm, I'm happy I got drafted to the Mavericks, man. Cause uh, Dallas was one of those places where it showed me a lot of love, man. Even to this day, man, I still consider like Dallas to be like my second home. Yeah. So it made all worked out, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, I thought I was going to go at least 15, 14, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you know, it is what it is. Did you have a, a good workout for the Mavericks? Do you think that, or did you even work out for them? I guess is the question I should be asking. Nah, I didn't work out for the Mavericks, man. I worked out for almost damn near every NBA team except the Mavericks. Oh, wow. So that's, it's just like, it's kind of crazy. That's yeah. funny. So yeah. you did so you didn't work out for them, but you get drafted into a team that had just gone to the NBA finals the previous year. That's that's pretty cool how that how that worked out. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. So at the time you get drafted into two thousand six and what was the environment like in training camp with a team that, you know, had gone to the NBA finals but that but lost, especially, you know, kind of losing in the fashion that they did, being up two oh, having a, a sizable lead in game three, and then, you know, losing that game in three straight games. Was it kind of like a championship or bust mentality or were they just still trying to recover from something like that? Was that hold on say one more time, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, so you get you get drafted, and you know you're going into the training camp with the Mavs, and I'm just kind of curious as to about what was the environment like in that training camp, uh, training camp, considering that they lost in the NBA Finals the previous year, and uh, the, yeah. and the fashion that they lost, and you know they had they had a two zero series lead, they had a, a big lead in Game Three, and you know things just kind of fell apart. It was tough, man. Honestly, I feel like the organization had a lot of. I ain't gonna say I feel like I know the organization had a lot of pressure on them. You dig, like, you know, just coming that close the year before and then uh, falling short. And uh, me coming back to the, pretty much the same team, which was, was, was a veteran team. You know, I just know for a fact that they wanted to get back. 
and uh, shit. Like we like well, you already saw what happened. We lost to Golden State, so it was definitely a disappointment, you know. But it is what it is, man. Um, it was a great year. Uh, we I think we yeah we had to um yeah we got the league in Wednesday here, so yeah, that, accomplished a lot. But oh, definitely. And that's something that I was gonna kind of touch on. I know that that season actually started out with. I guess I should say I think your your final record that year was sixty seven and fifteen, which is you know one of the best records of all time. But what I had forgotten when kind of researching this is that the Mavs lost their the first four games that year. Was that was there any sense of uh you know frustration at that point, or was it still just kind of like oh you know we'll figure it out and we'll get going? Dang, you know what? I almost forgot that, bro. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot that. Yeah, uh, I do remember because I, I think I was inactive like the first two or three games. Right. And um, I think like the third or fourth game we played Memphis or something. We won or something. I have to go back and look, but yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was a forgotten math story. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Um, that was a cool year. Yeah, and then what's what's really cool about that is I was kind of looking at the the you know the schedule and the results from that season. The Mavs had five winning streaks of eight games or more during that year. They had a, an eight game, a nine, a 12, a 13, and a 17. You know, what's kind of the, uh, I guess I want to ask, like, what's the vibe in the locker room when, you, when you're on a roll like that? I mean, do you feel anyone can really stand in your path when you're just kind of getting win after win? Yeah, man. Honestly, at that point, you know, we were rolling. You know, we just we just knew we were going to get back to the finals that year, so. Right. I mean, at least I thought that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I did too. Well. I, yeah, yeah, I did. I did too. And uh, you know, I was in college at that time, and I was trying to stream every game I could on my computer, just because. I mean, you guys were on a roll, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch. We're moving on. You guys go through the season, and or most of the season, and as the season's winding down, it looks like the Warriors might be a team that you face in the playoffs, and. As a lifelong Mavs fan, especially at that time, you know, Dirk was in his prime or just entering his prime and things were really good and really exciting in Dallas. But at that time, you know, the Warriors kind of gave the Mavs some, some struggle, it, you know, in, in that season and in the seasons before that. They won more often than not, probably, at least in terms of the regular season. When you guys saw that the Warriors might be a potential first round matchup, was there any sense of, you know, this might be not your typical first round series for a 1-8 matchup, I should say? You know what? That's that's funny you say that because I feel like they they definitely outmatched us. You know, they were a unique matchup. Yeah, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I just remember going. We played the we played Golden State. The, I want to say the last year, last game of the season, or the second from last game of the season. Yeah, I remember I started that game. I had like twenty points. I yeah, yeah. That, but, um, that's exactly. You did have twenty points. I was I was looking at that, um, and I was kind of curious as to uh, if the Mavs maybe you know rested most of their starters. I mean, you could say in, in effect to keep them fresh for the playoffs or maybe you know because of the recent struggles that they had been having against the Warriors maybe they just kind of wanted to you know not give them any confidence that you know they might be more of a problem yeah no I think we did rest some guys that, that game yeah we rest a few guys but uh I, I had a good time against, against the Golden State Warriors man I feel like even yeah. in the playoffs I feel like I had, you know, I had a couple of good shining moments when we played them but, yeah, uh, yeah, man, it was tough, man. You know, Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, Monte Ellis, um, Jason. I think they had Jason Richardson at that time. They did, Peter. yeah. Yeah, they were pretty good, bro. So it was just, I just think they out toughed us, man. To be completely honest with you. No, and and that 
and, and that makes sense. You know, it was uh, as as a diehard Mavs fan, it was really hard to watch. But especially the, those games at Oracle, I mean, I just I can't imagine what it was like playing in that environment. Yeah, yeah, man, that was almost like a college environment, man. It was kind of like going to like a um playing like a, maybe like playing like Duke, like going on to play Duke. That, that's oh wow, how, to, how it felt a little bit. Yeah, it was just like going on a camera, and it was just. You yeah. know, the fans were so, so involved. And, you know, even to this day, you know what I mean? I feel like those they were, got some of the best fans in the, in the league. So, um, it was exciting, though. I remember Snoop Dogg was at the game. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember like yeah. right in front of Snoop. <laughs> and what's funny about that is, you know, I mean, the way things ended in game six, but I was looking at the box score from that game for the Mavericks, and Jerry Stackhouse was the leading scorer, but you were actually second in terms of total points that game for the Mavs. Yeah, we get a chance. Um, send me those so I can do like a flashback Friday so I can do that for my um. You know, I got the Mario Hoop School program to where I um I train like individual. I do individual training for like the youth, so I oh, like cool. to like post like my old stats and stuff to like you know so sort of promote you know what I'm doing now with training. So when you get a chance, man, send me those. Uh, send me the one when I scored 20 against Golden State and yeah. that game when I was second leading scorer. Consider it done. But yeah, I'll send it to you tonight. I'll send yeah. you links to both of them. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right. So then I, I kind of I wanted to move on to your second season. And, you know, I think in terms of at least in terms of like regular season wins, the Mavs had kind of taken a step back where they, they were looking to make a big deal, which is obviously the Jason Kidd deal. When So you were part of the package the Mavs sent to New Jersey in order to get Kidd. So what I wanted to ask you about that is what happens when a player gets traded? Like what like how do they find out what are their logistics about like behind it? You know, how do you find a place to live in a new city? Just things like that. You know what, man? You typically know. I mean, even when I was, and when that was happening, I was actually sitting down to the D League at that time. So I was getting phone calls and all this stuff and other. Right. I was kind of excited at that point in time because I wasn't getting as much playing time. And, and um, you know, me and Avery, we just ain't see eye to eye, man, to be honest with you. So I was kind of happy to kind of um, move on and, you know, and explore, explore other options for my career. But as far as it, you know, being a transition, it's pretty smooth, you know what I mean? The team bring you in, you know what I mean? Set you up in the hotel for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, you, you just find somewhere to stay. But it was probably a lot easier for me, considering I was single. Right. And I didn't have no family, and I didn't have to, you know, uh, you know, register my child into another school or anything on all those matters. So it was a lot easier for me to make that transition, you know, as far as, you know, just trades. But I was excited to make that trade, man. You know, I, I had a lot of fun in New Jersey, and uh, I learned a lot out there. That would be make it easier, you know, if you're just kind of really just looking out for yourself and you don't have like a family to consider. So I can definitely see that stand, that uh, that side of it. So so then you're on with the Nets, and you know you get to play. Or who was your coach the first year with the Nets? Try, was it was uh, it still Lawrence years, Frank? Uh, Lawrence Frank. Lawrence Frank. Okay. So at that time you're playing with uh, Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter. Do you have any good Vince Carter stories? Uh yeah, me and Vince used to party a lot. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, nice to bust his ass in practice. Yeah, that's probably the best thing. Vince was the homie though. Like like me and Vince was like real cool, man. We used to hang out and um yeah, I used to get him not work in practice, so yeah. tell you that, but that's cool. You know, man. Everything is political, Brody. So Did you uh did you ever think he'd still be in the league as as a forty year old? Yeah, I, I didn't think so. I mean I felt like he was tapering off at that time, to be honest with you. For like you know, just, you know, Vince was just different, man. I feel like, you know, when he was in New Jersey, he just wasn't as inspired. And um, and at that point in time, I was like, you know, Vince was kind of like, he seemed like he was on his way out. He was always injured. 
you know, even when he was dunking, he was like, man, it hurt. Like, he only, <laughs> you know, do a regular ass dunk. I'm like, jeez, look like that hurt, bro. Yeah. So for him to still be playing right now is kind of like surprising to me. So, but big up to Vince, man. You know, I'm, um, I'm always happy for Vince, man, to see him successful. It seems like, um, he seems happy, man. You know what I'm saying? He seems like he's happier at this point in his career because I feel like, you know, you don't have a lot of pressure on him to be the man anymore. Right. So this, this was probably always something that he needed. It was probably always something that would have been the best role for him to maybe been a second or third guy on the team. Yeah. That, I, I was, I, you know, I, I was excited when he came here and, you know, he was here for three years and had some really good moments. And, you know, I was sad to see him go. Cause I think, you know, in this role that he has now, he he does still have, you know, something to offer. So I, I agree with you there for sure. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, man, Vince Carter, one of the most talented players I've ever seen and played with, bro. Like, for, yeah. you know, he didn't get a lot of credit for his ball handling or his passing. You know, he, he did a, you know, he did a lot with that ball, man. So, you know, big up to Vince. And then moving on, as I was researching your career, you know, I, I knew you had uh, gone from New Jersey to Minnesota, but up until, you know, this past week, I, I was not aware that you played overseas also. Yeah. And in Spain, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was over there for about six months. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? And the reason I'm asking is sometimes I hear, you know, uh, or I read things about players, you know, played in the NBA and then they go overseas and they have issues with getting paid consistently or with accommodations. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious if you experienced anything like that. Yeah, I experienced all of that. You know, oh, really? getting paid, you know, getting paid late, uh, passport issues. Um, you know, uh, when I went over there, I was actually hurt. So that slowed up things a bit. But for the most part, um, you know, one player, you know, they, you, know you can only have like two or three Americans on one team. So at one point in time, they chose his other player to play – I think his name, yeah, Josh Adson. Josh, Josh, Ad, Josh Adson. I forgot his damn name. Either way, <laughs> I dealt with all that bullshit, man. And I'm happy I got up out of there. I had a good time in Spain. Spain was tight, man. Met a, met a lot of dope women. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I take every experience and, and make it positive, bro. I mean, even if it appears to be negative. So, I, I mean, I take whatever I need to take out of it and right. recognize that, hey, it is what it is, you know, things work out the way they're supposed to, you know. Right. All right. Well, no, yeah, I actually, I had a little note here uh, just kind of asking about the pros and cons of playing overseas, but I think you just answered it. So thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so then I know you went to your stint with the Timberwolves in 2010, 2011, lasted only four games. But when I yep. was looking, when I was looking at your stats on basketballreference.com, your per 36 minutes for those four games were actually almost all career highs. So I'm I kind of curious, like how your uh, tenure with the Timberwolves ended, even though you were probably playing the most efficient basketball of your NBA career. Uh, you know what? That's the name of the game, bro. Um, you know, that season, you know, I, I went in on a non-guarantee contract. I had to make the team. I actually got hurt the first two weeks in training camp. I was playing extremely well. Kevin Love need me. And my thigh, so I ended up having oh, a quad contusion. Yeah, yeah. So I was on crutches for at least two weeks, or about a week, in the preseason. So I pretty much had to nurse myself back into um, decent shape to be able to make the team. And uh, I got back in shape for the very last game. You know, I was able to play mm-hmm. at one wheel. Um, went out against the Milwaukee Bucks, played well. I think I had like eight points, five, six rebounds, or something like that, three or four assists. Played well enough for them to actually, like, you know what, let's let's consider this guy. And uh, I made the team. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they had me at the point guard position. Obviously, that wasn't necessarily my natural position. And uh, and quite frankly, you know, the injury pretty much kind of slowed things down a bit. Considering I was playing, so I was playing really well, man. If you go right. back and ask me, those coaches, man, I was probably playing a top three best out of everybody. But, you know, all in all, man, it was a cool experience. I played well under Kurt Rambis. Uh, he was pretty cool. I really enjoyed playing for him. And uh, I'm thankful I was able to get that four-year pension. So right. I, I did what I was able to do. I was able to get that, that pension and, and move on. For me, you know, my mindset was on other things. Actually, after I got released, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, uh, I love basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I just felt like my mind was just ready for other things in life, man, and really to experience more for myself. And uh, that's pretty much what happened. You know what I mean? After that year, I mean, after that uh, that season, uh, I made the choice to move on and do other things in life, you know, like music and, you know, outreach work and speaking and, you know, pretty much the sky's the limit. The sky's has been the limit from that point, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I was reading a little bit about your music career and how you uh, produced a song that was nominated for a Grammy in 2013. I mean, that's that's really impressive, especially with, with, the, with the other, you know, artists that were in that nomination. I thought that was really cool to read. Yeah, 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 man. That was a good opportunity for me, man. Um, to be able to just accomplish something like that coming from the basketball world. And uh, it, it kind of confirmed some things for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, all in all, like even with the music game, it's, it's always changing and it's always doing different things. So even at where I'm at now musically, man, I've, I've done so many cool things on a music tip. You know, even releasing this new album, man, it's a dance album. It's an up-tempo album called Mo House, in which I want everybody that's listening to go and download that joint, buy it, put it in your playlist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a, it's an all-purpose joint. You know what I mean? It feels good. It has a lot of energy. And uh, yeah, I'm proud of the project, man. And I'm just, I'm just happy about my progress right now in life, man. You know, I've taken a, some step backs on a few things to mm-hmm. shape up other areas of my life. And uh, and and I feel like that's very important for anybody. So you know, when you get to that point, at least a five to six year period, to where you kind of go back and just reshape some things. Yeah. And um, you know, pretty much. You know, uh, gear yourself up for the next phase in your life, um, because you know I'm 33 now, and mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've reached the um, I don't want to say a pinnacle, but I've reached a, a certain completion in my life to where it's like I'm proud of all of my accomplishments. But now I'm kind of at the drawing board again, to where it's like, okay, what's next for me? And um, that's been pretty much that's been my work for myself. So I've been working on myself every day, man. Just you know, strengthening my character, and um, and, and building, and, and and still serving. You know, serving my purpose. And, uh, and and that's kind of where I'm at now. But, yeah, music is everything, man. Basketball is, is amazing. All in all, I just want to continue to grow as a person. You did. Absolutely. So, I mean, it sounds like you made the right decision for you, which is you can't find any fault in that. So I'm really happy to hear that things are going so well. Do you yeah. miss basketball or, or do you miss, you know, the camaraderie or just, you know, the, the locker room environment? Sometimes I do, but I can't really say I do. Like, uh, yeah, I'm weird, bro. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of weird when it comes to stuff like that, man. I feel like I love the guys. And I love, you know, cracking jokes and, and roasting people. Man, that's pretty much what I used to do. It's like I was the guy on the bus roasting, you know what I mean? Making people laugh and stuff. So, right. uh, I mean, I miss that aspect, but I'm just more excited about what's new for me, man. It's like uh, basketball was great, man. Like I said, I started playing ball when I was seven, eight years old. And, um, and I'm an Aquarian, you know what I mean? We tend to get bored. And uh, I, and a lot of people hate me to this day because I, I passed up on playing professional basketball to do other things in life. But like you said, 
um, two minutes ago. It's like, I feel like I made the best choice for me. And um, it got to a point in time where you, you get into that league and you don't feel like you're doing it for yourself no longer. And now right. I feel like I'm finally at a point now where I'm actually cultivating something for myself and, and, and seeing where that takes me, bro. Yeah, I miss the guys, man. You know, I keep in contact with who I keep in contact with. And that's pretty much it because, you know, once you make it to that NBA, man, you, you're, you're part of the union forever. So it doesn't matter if, you know, I don't see these guys every other day. As long as we can look at each other when we see each other out, hey, you know, there's a respect there. You dig? So yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm actually at peace with that, bro. All right. Just got a couple more questions here. Like I said, as I was doing some research, I did see your name attached to a league. I think this was like either last year or the year before, something called the Champions League, which kind of sounded something like almost like the big three out out now. Um, do you have any intentions to to play in you know the big three league or any kind of another tier of basketball for you know, retired players or anything like that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll consider like even if this is like a China tour, if it's like right. three, four week China tour, I would do something like that. But, you know, I signed up for that uh, Champions League. That was two years ago. And, you know, I've yet to play a, a game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, <laughs> and it's funny because the big three was something that was in development at, at, a, at a shorter time before the Champions League. The Champions League was one of those things that had a lot of momentum in 2015. And, and, it, and it slowly, you know, um, kind of it slowed down, basically. I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but um, I'm actually cool with some of the people that's on the board over there. But for me personally, I'm at a point now where it's like, I just don't necessarily want to dedicate all my time to to one thing along the lines of just basketball because I feel like um, I'm, I'm I'm such a vast person when it comes to just wanting to move around and, and have my freedom at this point. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just being tied down to one thing. And right. um, a lot of people have a hard time even accepting that concept from me. Like, but for the most part, um, like I said, if it's like a you know, just like a like a tour, like a maybe even a month tour, I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, if the bread is right, you know what I mean, and opportunities and if the opportunities there in it and I see fit that it can actually help other areas in my life, I'll be down yeah. for it. But for the most part, I'm not really pursuing it, you know what I'm saying? But I do yeah. keep myself in shape. You know what I'm saying? I know you see me on my Instagram still looking good. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe I can put together like a, a Forgotten Maverick tour and we can see what comes out of that. <laughs> That'd be tight. That yeah, would be cool. around. You never know. Um, <laughs> be on the plane with, uh, you know, I still talk to Sean Williams. That's the homie. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I'm cool. Shit. We get me, Sean Williams. You Sean Bradley, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Around oh, like uh, uh Nick Van Exel, you know he Nick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, when Nick was here, that was a lot. I mean, he was so much fun to watch that that playoff run they had uh in 2003. That that was great. I loved every minute of that playoff run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a Dallas Maverick fan at that time too, so nice. I was a, I was a Dallas Maverick fan and a Phoenix Suns fan at that time. I like those two teams a lot. So, you know, that's really all that I had. Um this was my my first podcast um for for this forgotten mavericks account so uh i really appreciate it and you know it's been a lot of fun kind of interacting with you on instagram and you know when i do the mondays with mo post i try to just think of something a little bit funny and post about it so i'll, I'll keep trying to do that but i really appreciate you uh oh, yeah. your time uh tonight and uh good luck with everything and uh hopefully we can keep in touch Absolutely. Good luck, man. And uh, don't forget to send me those links tonight, man. I want to post those. Oh, yeah. I'll send them probably in the next half hour. <laughs> All right. Cool. And, man, yeah, those, those captions be hilarious, man. So, yeah, keep those up, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mel. Have a good night.
All right, peace, bro. All right.